Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Aaron and Ryan. Go to the movies on our MCU rewatch. We finally did the big boy, Marvel Studios, The Avengers. The biggest boys of that time, and this is what we're going to do today is have a lot of hot takes, and Ryan has the hottest of like, hot. Like WCW, it's where the big boys play. Um, <laughs> this is my least favorite Avengers movie. Uh, I agree. I I thought it was going to be Age of Ultron, and then I rewatched this movie, and I realized some very, very drastic things very early in the movie. The pacing's terrible, and I'll get to that in a second, but the character development in this movie is bad. This is where, this is where they develop Thor's character, the point break Thor that everybody hates. They start to break Natasha's character in this movie, and they don't develop Hawkeye, and they pull back on certain characters as well. And the saving grace of this movie is Mark Ruffalo as Hulk. I mean, I it's either him for me, or it's Loki. Tom Hiddleston is the best thing in every single Marvel movie he he's in, he's and in. I yeah. and I thought that went without saying. I mean, spoiler alert: he was the best part of the first Thor movie with his post-credit scene. I didn't care anything about that movie until that post-credit scene. That movie was garbage. Now, in terms of uh, Avengers, I 100% agree on what you're saying. I thought it was just. Oh, it was atrocious. So, it was worse than I thought. It was way worse than I remembered it. Yeah, and that same was what, here. That was what shook me. Like, um, one of our, one of our loyal viewers who I text with when I rewatched the movie for the first time, I give him like a little preview about it, and I'm like, I'm not giving you a preview this week. You're gonna hate me for what I'm saying. He's to say it, and I'm like, this might be in the bottom five of Marvel movies. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree with this you. This might come in at number five, five from the bottom. This is, this is Thor bad. Like it is. Okay, so here's my main complaint. So you have already established. There's so many unnecessary scenes early in the movie. Yeah. You have already established Black Widow as a super spy. Mm-hmm. And yet you go back. And have that scene at the beginning, which is a long scene. That thing is almost three and a half minutes. Which is too much. You could literally cut in when the cell phone call happened. Have that be a minute <laughs> of ass kicking and that setup. Yeah. You don't need the minute and a half or two minutes prior to that. Like the and it's little things like that that means the fight in the black forest. <clears throat> Which I think is necessary. Which I think is necessary, but then there's later stuff that becomes unnecessary because of that. So you either leave the Black Forest scene in, or you cut down on the scene in the lab with the scepter, which is what breaks the team apart. What's your better call? I think leaving the Black Forest scene in because it's like the unstoppable force meets the immovable object with the shield and the hammer smash. Yeah, and him supercharging cool. Iron Man's armor and stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff in that. So, but the problem is, is that happens 47 minutes into the movie. 
<laughs> 47. Count that. Four, Four seven. seven. How, there we go. But how long is this movie? It's a two hours and 13 minutes. So we don't even have the team on the helicarrier together yet. And we're almost at the hour mark. Right. We, we do actually have them on the ship with Loki in captivity by four, 58 minutes. They're, yeah. they're having the scene where, which, by the way, is one of one of the best lines with, I, I, I do, I understood that reference. That is hap- That happens at the hour mark into this movie. It's so slow in establishing the first act because it reestablishes these characters. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Joss Whedon, and we later found this out because he's an absolute scum lord, um, is a control freak in in his per, in his person in his personal life and in his directorial film life, and he wanted to reestablish these characters as he would write them, not as they have been written, and so that's why the first act lasts way longer than it should. The second act is way shorter than it should be, and the movie really, really, really drags because of it. it it does drag a lot. However, and however, the third act almost saves the movie. Here's the thing, though. At the time, at that time <clears throat> when it came out, we hadn't seen a everyone movie like was, it. Exactly, because it wasn't. Uh, we hadn't seen a culmination of superheroes. I mean, DC never did one. Um, even all these other superhero, like uh, I think the closest thing we got. Now I'm not comparing them, but I'm saying the closest thing we got to a collective group of movie of superheroes in a movie was probably Watchmen, because Watchmen came out in 2008, right? Yeah. So that's the closest thing we had. Now, like I said, I'm not saying um, Watchmen is is the Avengers, but I'm saying in terms of uh, what we got out of it. It just <clears> – <throat> it was a culmination of superheroes that we had never seen in a movie, and at that time, we didn't know this was going to be one of the worst Marvel movies because we just ate it all up because we had never seen it before. Now, I remember seeing this in theaters, being so hyped and, and just like, oh, my gosh, this movie is amazing, you know? But now when you rewatch it, it's just like, oh, my God, what a steaming pile of dog shit this movie really is. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's one of those really, really odd things that – it doesn't really it doesn't really it doesn't really come together um i will i will say this we make a we make a lot of um <coughs> shots at dc well i don't mean like shots cuz like i no, 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 i no, no, no. i am I'm, I'm, I'm getting i'm getting i'm getting much to a larger point yeah um if justice league mortal had happened in 2008 this movie would look like dog shit and it would have killed the MCU. You think so? Oh, yeah. Have you... It, it, this is a side story and I might actually do an episode on it later. Have, do you, have you ever heard about the two, canceled 2009 Justice League movie? Uh-uh. So, they had a movie. They had the cast. They were building sets in Australia and they canceled production on it. Damn. George Miller wrote the script and was going to direct it. Like, Mad Max Fury Road, George Miller... Ooh, that was a good one. That's a good movie. Um, so sure, just sure just, just for reference, just for reference, this was the <laughs> cast they had assembled, and I'll get to the point about this in a second. Adam Brody was gonna play the Flash. Wow, that was like Army, his peak too. Army Hammer was gonna play Batman. <laughs> C- 
Common was signed on to play Green Lantern. Really? Yeah. Megan Gale was going to play Wonder Woman. Um, Those are pretty much the big names. Uh, Teresa Palmer, <clears throat> who you might recognize from, I think she's on Supergirl now, was going to play Talia al Ghul as the main villain. Oh, they're going to go that direction. Okay. Yeah, they were going to do Lazarus Pit stuff with Maxwell Lord and stuff. It was going to be awesome. Um, But that movie ha was a grounded, gritty, reality, ground-based movie. And they got lucky that that movie never happened. Yeah, because then if it happens, Marvel kind of shits the bed. Because this looks like a hippy-dippy wonder movie. Because, like, there's no stakes in this movie for the heroes. Mm-mm. Also, I have a really, I have a really, I have a really big problem with a line in this movie too, and I said Which it would, I said it would come up later in the first episode. And this is my problem with the Joss Whedon Marvel movies. Cap says to Tony multiple times, and they talk about this. Stark is never one to make the sacrifice play. Like you wouldn't give your life up to do to to save this. Like the, you you know uh -huh. that. He did that in Iron Man one. Yeah, he did. I mean, if you rewatch it, and then it... he goes back through the exploding robots, potentially dying just to save Pepper in Iron Man two. He's already done it twice. He does it in this movie stupidly. Yeah. As well, because by the way, as soon as he turned the rocket up towards the portal, and as soon as it was halfway through the portal, he could have let go and just let it go, and it would have been fine. But he doesn't. They make him go into space and almost die. It's um, it's so it's, it's so it's so bad now. Ah oh, man, I don't really like is. that. I don't like that because like as soon as the rocket's halfway through the portal, he can just let go and fall down. Like, it's a huge... I don't want to call it a plot hole because that's not actually a plot hole, but it's definitely a gap in logic. Although the whole catching Thor out of the sky is pretty, uh... Pretty great. I mean... <laughs> there's a lot of things wrong with... <clears throat> there's a lot of things wrong with this movie. And just that's one of them. And I just... I really was hoping like i said whenever we, i would honestly rather watch iron man one than the avengers mm -hmm. i really would you know what i mean yeah it's it's really it's really really weird um the other thing is it's so the mind control thing is really really awkward too oh with like hawkeye yeah, I mean it. It was weird. Like it, 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 on like, I get why it happened, but it could have been done without, in my opinion. Um. Also, really, really funny. You know why the eyes, their eyes look so bad? Why? Um, because they only had a week to add that visual effect into the movie, because they did a test screening and nobody realized that Hawkeye and Selvig were eye mind controlled, so they had to add it in. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, literally, Josh Whedon said, I thought people would understand they are being controlled by the Scepter, so we didn't have any visual differences. Well, and then we did Josh a test screening. You're wrong. Up, like, bro? on a lot of You're things. Jackass. 
No, also, like, also, mora- also, morality. Natasha slash Black Widow is a really, really bad character. Yeah, she doesn't come into her own. I feel like until maybe Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron is the worst incarnation of her character. No, but I'm saying like it's better than what we got in this movie. No, it's not. I mean, you take out her scene in the in in the movie. What do you get in this movie? Or you take out all of them? No, yeah. Well, no, you take out the ones that we were talking about earlier. Oh yeah, those two scenes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um. Also, a really random thing I noticed. Marvel really likes to bookend scenes. Do you know what bookending is in script writing? No, tell me. So you have a scene at the beginning of the movie and then you parallel it later in the movie? Okay. So, they do it in, I think they do it in Infinity War. And they do it in a couple other movies. They bookend event, the first Avengers movie, the opening scene of Tony, when he, after he's turns off the power and starts the arc reactor for Stark Tower. Uh-huh. He goes, it's the same street he goes down with the missile at the end of the movie. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. So they bookend it with scenes like that, which is really, really interesting. Um, I kind of, my, my favorite part of this movie was kind of the introduction, was kind of the opening sequence. It, I mean... The fight scene wasn't bad at the end. That's true. The fight scene is what saved it. It, dra- most of it, it. drags though. It's almost 40, it's scene? almost forty minutes. Yeah, from, it does. And, and from then, when they so arrive I... in from when they arrive in New York to when they shut the portal off and Tony falls through, it's almost forty minutes long. That's insane for how long a fight scene is. Because I don't think the the scenes in Endgame were like that, were they? Oh, that was almost an hour, bro. Was it? Yeah, it, whole was like, fight? it was like 56 minutes. Starting from when, though? From the time the ship, from the time he blows up the Avengers headquarters to, to, the... to I, I Am Iron Man. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, it's like 56 minutes. Okay. I didn't but know you gotta remember, it's broken up into two different fight scenes, which is why people don't think it lasts as long as it does. Because you have the original three fight, which is Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America, which That's is such a good scene, which is twenty seven minutes long. You have Portals, which is the three minute sequence that halfway through, and then you have the second half of the fight scene. Which, by the way, the scriptwriters for Infinity War and Endgame are absolutely brilliant in the fact that they literally wrote the script for the battle separately as its own three act story. That's pretty cool. Um, which they clearly didn't do here because you have an hour to an hour and ten minute long act one. You have a... F- <laughs> which, by the way, is half the runtime of the movie. You then have a 25 minute act two, or 30 minute act two, and then you have a 40 minute battle sequence. Jeez. So it's like... <sighs> the saving grace, like you said, of the movie was the third act, and I can't... Wow. I can't disagree with you on that because it's true and it's just I don't I feel like they put this movie out because they knew they were going to get away with whatever they were able to put out because it wasn't it, it was, was the first at the time. superhero team yeah. movie yeah um, so 
Yeah, I wish I I wish there was more. The problem is, is there, uh, uh, is there not? There's not a lot of like stuff we can go back to about production of this movie, right? Like we pull out all this stuff all the time. Although interesting enough, the first script for an Avengers movie is actually written in two thousand and three. <laughs> Um, Which is before Disney bought it out. Way before, right? Yeah. Um, interesting enough, um, John Favreau did produce this movie and did have some creative input into it. Um, yeah, uh, Zach Penn actually wrote the screenplay, which I did not know. I thought um, Whedon rewrote it. <clears throat> Why wasn't it better then? Yeah, yeah. Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon directed the film and rewrote the screenplay almost from scratch. I don't know, dude. It's almost it's almost like I have a negative a negative impact of this movie because of what we know now too. I mean, it it was just bad. Like, I don't. How else can you put this? This movie was not good. Yeah, it's, I mean, its rewatchability is very low. But what's, I, I don't think right now, in 2020, the Russos get the credit they deserve for what they did to the MCU. And we'll talk but, a little bit more about it when they break characters even further, when Joss Whedon breaks the characters even more in Age of Ultron. Although it is a better movie. Age of Ultron? Age of Ultron. Mainly because it, is. it wasn't his screenplay. He didn't get creative control. He didn't rewrite it. Which, by the way, is why he left Marvel as a creative director for the Phase 2, or Phase 3, and why they ended up hiring the Russos to do all the Avenger to do, to do Captain America Winter Soldier, um... Civil War and then the two movies. Um, he left over the disagreement over the script after Age of Ultron. Um, but, and it's not really his fault that Thor broke in Thor 2 in terms of a character. And by the way, when I mean broke, it means they established a character as an archetype and a trope and then completely just threw it out the window. Um, yeah. In this movie, in this movie, it's Tony being the comic relief. Basically, because Cap's this whole... High and mighty. I'm Captain America. I still think I'm in the 50s. And he still is that character in yeah. this movie. It kind of get throws away in Age of Ultron, and they kind of get fixed in Winter Soldier. Um, they try to fix Iron Man three, and I they try to fix Iron Man in Iron Man three, and I think Shane Black does a phenomenal job of trying to fix the character because he just got broken and dealing with the PTSD of almost dying in space. But that's for next week. Um, but they, they had to fix Iron Man, they had to fix Thor, they had to fix Black Widow, and they had to fix Captain America because of what happens over the next four movies. And they- Four movies so, in the main continuity were not including Guardians because they're on the galactic side and won't come in until Infinity War, but- Yeah. But they have a lot to, they have a lot on their hands because a lot of it was broken. And- I give them the credit that they deserve for for fixing it, but it's just Avengers. They, I I just feel like they could have put out anything and people would have ate it up. And then we're we're now a year removed from Endgame, which is the fourth Avengers movie. 
Yeah. I feel like when we get to five or six Avengers movies, we'll be able to look back and be like, yeah, no, that movie was actually really, really bad. <laughs> I don't I feel so. like, I don't, I feel like it's still a hot take because we're not ready to talk about it yet. Because it's only many... been eight years. <clears throat> I don't think too many people realize how bad of a movie it is. I don't think people realize how it's not necessarily a bad movie. It's still fun, but it's um, it's it's got major issues that seem like they could have been fixed. And simple fixes, not nothing complicated. No, nothing complicated at all. Like literally, just like cut out some of the fluff from the side characters. And the only side character fluff scene I would leave in is the entire uncut um, Black Widow Hawkeye fight on the helicarrier because that's awesome. That was a really good. That was probably one of my favorite outside yeah. of the main fight. Um, I also learned a fun fact from the Russos on Twitter on their Infinity War Endgame rewatch this week. Cap, oh, that's right, Cap, they rewatched it. Cap and Thor's stunt double are brothers. Wait, what? Captain America and Thor's stunt double are brothers. That's nuts. Oh, it gets even better. Cap's stunt double ended up later directing Chris Hemsworth in, in Extraction for Netflix. <laughs> really? Yep. That's so <laughs> small world, dude. Yeah, and uh, they ended up fighting. They Their last fight scene in the MCU so far was Captain America versus Captain America in Endgame. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. The brothers got to film that together, which is awesome. And this was the first time they got to face each other as Captain America and Thor. Um, so let's go through. Let's go through some. Let's go through some things that actually bug me about this movie. The Mark Four armor or Five armor, which is what he creates at the end of Iron Man Two with the triangular light piece, uh -huh. is a better design than the Mark Six, which looks like the Mark Three from the end of Iron Mark Two from the end of Iron Man One. I mean, I have to take a look at them again, but I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> do you know the Do you know the reason the Mark Five, uh, the Mark Five or Six gets damaged and he goes to the new one in Captain Amer in in Avengers? Didn't you say because Josh Whedon didn't like it? Josh Whedon was like, Iron Man doesn't have a triangular ch light chest; it's circular. We need to get back to that. Oh my god! What a douche! I know. <laughs> um. He he. They had it. They had a new Captain America suit, and you later see it in. They designed it for this movie and for Age of Ultron. You later see him use it. It's the the darker blue one without the huge red star. It's the blue on blue okay. with a little bit of white. Um, mm -hmm. That was actually designed for this movie, but Captain America has to wear red, white, and blue. There are so many little. There's so many little things. The only the only good thing he did was the new Thor armor. With the with That's the scale it. with the scale with the scaled sleeves. Okay, I that love was his that. idea. I love that armor. Well, no, it was what they designed for the movie, and he's like, I like it. Oh, he didn't. He wasn't like, okay, take this out. Yeah, I wasn't like, no, I want the Thor one armor. It was uh, that's cool, um, which is actually more traditional to his comic book armor. Mm -hmm. Um. The the other thing that he wanted that Kevin Feige apparently fought back on him is he wanted purple pleather for Hawkeye. Pleather? Well, they have to. They can't get they can't dye leather purple. It has oh. to be faked. Yeah. 
but yeah, he wanted he wanted a dark he wanted a very very dark purple, almost black purple uh, armor for Hawkeye to be more traditional to the comics. Jesus, I'm like that would not have that would not have worked out. I mean, I want to see it now. Now that we've gotten to the ridiculous side of the MCU. <laughs> um. Now that we're more accepting of things from comic books and comic book tropes in it, because you got to remember, at the time when this movie came out, which by the way is only eight years ago, which is ridiculous to think about. Yeah, because that means it came out this uh, within the past ten years. <clears throat> Superhero movies were not like they are now, where they're these big blockbuster events. They were still that weird piece of nerd culture movies that came out twice a year. Yeah. Think about how much has changed in the last eight years. I had a I had a memory from from Facebook about um the Avengers movie coming out in twenty twelve the other day. Mm-hmm. And it was a meme and it's like, oh sure, now you like the Avengers, but when I was talking about it in high school you wanted to go drinking and partying, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, think about how much this has changed. Like, Endgame was an event. Like, it didn't matter if you only saw one movie and it was Infinity War or not. Worldwide event. It was a huge deal. Um, Yeah. And it kind of, I think this is the kind of movie that started to change the perception of that. So I think I have to give it credit there, but that's as far as I'll go on this movie now. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I. It's good. Yeah, like it's fun, but it's fun, but. That's what I keep coming back to. It's good, it's fun, but watching it. If you. Okay, so. Make a case for this. Avengers is out, and then years pass. Age of Ultron is out. Then years pass. And what's the third one? Infinity, Infinity War. War. Technically, technically, Civil War because it has all the characters in it, but that's also Captain America's third movie. But that's, but that, because it's Captain America's Civil War, right? Right, but it has all the Avengers in it. But, but it's still not an Avengers movie. Fair enough. If you put, if you put, if you put Endgame or not Endgame, take Endgame out. If you put Avengers: Age of Ult- the Avengers movie, Avengers: Age of Ultron, Avengers: Infinity War, and you go and you go back and you're getting ready for. Infinity War as an example, and you watch all three, I think at that point in time, that's when you realize, man, the first Marvel Avengers movie is a straight dog shit. Well, the 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 other thing is, the, the incredible thing is, is the Russo started in sitcoms. Okay. They, they, they filmed a couple movies, and they kind of got in. They did Community. They did the paintball episode of Community, which I think is universally one of the top five episodes. I'm not sure about that. If I'm wrong, hit me up on Twitter. Um, but they come from that. They also then did hard, harder action movies too. And the thing about both of those is when you're filming low budget action movies and sitcoms, you're normally only dealing with one camera. Yeah. Maybe you have two. So it's a lot tighter in terms of filming and therefore the scripts also have to be tighter and they like that tighter script and style. Therefore, I think all of their movies that they've made in the MCU Follow that structure. They're super tight. They're super close in. The elevator scene in Captain America Winter Soldier is a great example of this. Where yeah, it's just a really, a really, really tight, non-dragging action scene. It's three minutes. You're in, you're out, you're done. That's such a really good scene, too. Right, but it's also a, but it's also the middle act in that whole sequence. 
is every sequence in that movie is its own mini three-act story. And therefore, the movie seems paced better. It seems tighter. It seems more structured. Where Joss Whedon started with Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then did the Buffy show and then did Angel, where even though I think they're 30-minute shows, maybe an hour... They're they're lo- they're a little bit longer. They're a little bit more meandering, and so that's kind of become his style. Serenity is definitely like that, and Firefly is definitely like that, where it's a little bit more meandering, and so that's yeah. kind of his style. And so now that we're used to seeing these movies, and I don't want to call them cookie cutter because I think it is the Russo's actual style of directing and writing. Th- th- but... it, it it seems badly paced now because we know how much tighter and more succinct these movies can be with a direct tone with better characters better written characters the characters are still good they're just written better now they're just poorly not poorly but they're not even poorly they're just not bad written but they break they they break established tropes of the characters and that's what makes them poor in this movie which i agree if that makes sense no yeah i get what you mean um uh oh i like that i don't know if this was intentional um but there is a tease that the scepter has an infinity stone in it in this movie i think when they're scanning it in the laboratory right after they capture loki banner makes an offhanded comment about how it has the same gamma radiation traces as the tesseract oh okay so like I mean, it's a small comment that is not really dived into at the time. Because, I mean, no one really says anything about it it's after, It's like, right? oh, it's probably made by the Tesseract. They don't realize what it is yet. Yeah. That comes in Thor 2 when he realizes what the ether is. Um, although the mind control thing is kind of a nice nod that it might be. Because we already, at this point, had known that they were moving towards the Infinity Saga. Like, they had Phase 3 planned out. Like, they announced... Right after this movie, I think they announced Phase 2, which would end far after Age of Ultron and what Phase 3 would be. And by Age of Ultron, we knew that we were getting Infinity War, or yeah. Infinity Gauntlet storyline for the comic fans, um, <clears throat> which is definitely the point. Um, well, wasn't it in the, wasn't it in the post-credit scene of... Uh, wasn't it... Post-credit scene in Age of Ultron, fight, and I'll do it myself. Yeah, Yeah, you know? Um, Which is ironic, because 2012 Thanos actually knows he has an Infinity Stone. In Endgame. That's right, it's the, uh, isn't it the Tesseract? No. Which one is it? 2012 Thanos finds the Mind Stone. They're fighting for the Mind Stone to give it to put it in the scepter to give it to Loki in Endgame. I think they never directly state it though. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, that's so insane. No, no, no. It's oh. twenty. It's twenty thirteen or fourteen, and they know the Power Stone is on Morag. That's what it is. I'm going crazy. Never mind. I don't know if he realizes, but that means he didn't realize that Mind Stone was in that scepter. Which is yeah, odd, yeah. because his entire goal is finding the Infinity Stones. <laughs> to do what cannot be undone. Um, so my thing is, I how you said... inevitable. Tink! So back... Okay, like, you made the statement about the whole scenes being tight. Uh, with the example of um, 
in Winter Soldier with the elevator fight scene. I didn't think that scene could get any better, but then it gets amazing in Endgame. Yeah. Uh, That's probably the, the Russo's... one of the best comic one of the best comic book nods ever in, in the MCU history is probably that one. It it, it is. It, I want it. I want it. Like we're I will not probably talk about it, though. we're not going to we'll talk about it right now. That. But we'll spend five minutes talking about it when we get to Endgame, um, because it is actually one of the most hated comic book scenes ever. I like and when people, everybody people went were nuts when it happened yeah, in the theater. Pe- people people were in outroar when that comic came out. I remember it. We're not gonna talk about it. If you know, you know. If you know, if you, you don't know. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know, you know. The, it's um, like Fight Club. <laughs> the, the one the one line that got a pop in the theater because I saw this opening night in 2012. Back when they back when they were able to do midnight openings. Um. The um the one line that popped everybody. The two, there were two lines. Both of them happened in the third act. One is when he says, "If we lose Earth, you'll be damn sure that we'll avenge it." That was a good one. People lost it for that line, and then the "That's my secret cap. I'm always angry." That got a pop, but I think it's because he turned into Hulk. Not necessarily the line, but it's a nice nod because, it, and this is one of the things that. I think a lot of <clears throat> I forgot what movie it was recently I watched where oh Rise of Skywalker where they make reference to like Finn knowing something or something and they never pay it off mm-hmm. the perfect antithesis to that is this movie where they keep asking Banner what his secret is and then they pay it off big time in the third act <laughs> and the crazy part is like you don't realize it um, until recently where uh, I saw a tweet about it, <clears throat> and it made me think the whole plot of Endgame is just like the hypothetical, do you go back in time and kill baby Hitler situation? Oh, man, dude. Oh, like, God. Do you, do, you, do you go back in time and kill baby Thanos knowing what you know now? Yes, you do. I don't care what you say. You do. Have you seen the extended version of Deadpool 2? No. Oh, wait. I think I have. I he think go, I saw it on, he, on demand. He goes back in time, and he's in a he's in like a, <sighs> yeah, he's in like I, a maternity ward, and they're all the babies, and he looks at the name tag. Yep, right guy. Eh, uh, uh, he can't do it. I'm like... <laughs> a really great it's a really great it's a really great mental exercise and then they kind of play around with it in that movie but um it definitely is like one of the cases where also you can tell that the plans for infinity war changed at some point too with this movie why because have you ever read the infinity gauntlet or the infinity saga because there's really two parts yeah it's it's ba- it came out in like 88, 89, right? 86, I think. But um Okay. Where it's hold on, let me let me test myself. It's where Thanos wants to get all the infinity stones to court Lady Death, right? Right. Yeah. They make reference in the cutscene to to mess to go against <clears throat> the Avengers is to court death itself. I think they really were going to go that route. I mean at some point. That would have been interesting because then they would have been all fighting on one planet like they do in the comic, right? They yeah. would have to go to, to Thanos' chair, and yes. then it's like, yeah, so. So, I ah, I have so many I have so many issues with this movie. Um, 
I think one of the biggest, one of my biggest, like, disappointments is that we set up in the previous movie before this, we set up War Machine. And he's nowhere to be found. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I know. It's frustrating because, like, you have all these cool things and nothing comes about of it. Like, you have... Thor and his friends. Why aren't his? Why isn't Hemdall? Why isn't Sif? Why isn't his friends there with him? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they want to fight against Loki too, but <sighs> guess not. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, what's interesting? Uh, uh, some some little nods to this movie is originally, um, Loki was not going to be the only bad guy in this script. Who was it supposed to be, or who else was supposed to be? So, um, they were originally going to put Ezekiel Stain in this movie as his counterpart on Earth that the other had talked to. Which is, of course, Obadiah Stain's son from Iron Man 1, who eventually becomes a uh, warmonger. Not Iron I don't think Monger, it been as, I don't think it would have been as good. Um, <clears throat> to keep it as Loki, because, I mean, you already see what he did in Thor, the first Thor movie. Yeah. I mean, that's my take on it, but... Um, also, also this quote from Penn when Whedon tried to get his name removed from having written the script in the credits was, we could have collaborated more and made a more coherent movie, but that was not his choice. He wanted to do it his way. <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, what's what's interesting is that even though he had already played Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner was not confirmed to be in this movie. He wasn't? No, he had only signed a, he had only signed a cameo deal at that point. He didn't sign his big deal until this movie. That's crazy. I know. And he still didn't get a standalone movie. Yeah, he won't. He's getting a TV show. He should have, I mean, because then, because the whole, was it, Ronin series would have been pretty cool as a movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it would have been really, really you, cool. You get that in Endgame, but, you know what, I'm going to have to rewatch Endgame this weekend. I know. It's All this talk about it. It's really, really interesting. Um, also, also, they filmed in uh, Albuquerque and Cleveland for New York. Really? Yeah. Most of it. They actually did film some in New a little bit in New York too. This This movie yeah man. I don't know. Also Thanos it, was not originally also was not the original post credit scene reveal. Who was it? Adam Warlock. Well you get th well, I'm not gonna spoil it, but you get that eventually. Mm-hmm. Which I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, my God. And Vicky was like, what? And I was like – and I had to explain it to her, and she still, like, was like, oh. And I was just like, what? You're just going to say, oh, after – I am I'm, – I'm, I'm slightly mad we didn't. Now that I know this, like, I just read this, I'm actually mad we didn't now. Because his major comic book story for Adam Warlock as a character, we're already through. What do you mean? Because he's the main, he's part of the main thing in Infinity Saga. Because he has the soul, he is the Soul Stone. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, and 
I don't get how they're gonna bring him. They're gonna bring him in a, the Guardians. That's gonna be a part of their thing. It has. But to. I have a feeling he's gonna show up in Love and Thunder. Actually, you think so? Yeah. So we we I so mean, supposedly Love and Thunder has a bad guy in it who we'll see multiple times and it's played by Christian Bale. It's not gonna be he's not gonna be Adam Warlock though. That would be amazing. That I think he's, I think he's playing twist. King though. If you if you not made remember, me yeah. if you made me put money on it, I'd say he's playing King. Um we're kinda getting off topic, but I kind of love it at the same time because I don't want to talk about this movie more. <laughs> well, cause like the crazy part is in if you've seen the cartoon Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, Adam Warlock's in it. So yeah, that's true. people know people kids know about him, that's you know what true. I mean? That's true. But in a movie, you he don't get of, him until one He did kind of start I mean, out as a bad guy though, to be fair. No, I know, but I'm saying you don't get him in a movie in the MCU till 20, 17, 18. 23 now because they pushed everything back a year. No, 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 no. I meant like he's a I mean like <sighs> I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about it because it's going to spoil Guardians, a Guardians movie for somebody. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's what I'm in reference to. So it's like twenty something, till you actually get a hint of him. That is that is very very true. Um, I I will give I will give credit where credit is due. I think Loki is a great written character in this movie. He's the best part about it. He in is, my opinion. Uh, he is out of he is out of his depth, and he knows it. But he still wants to act like he's in control, and Hiddleston plays that amazingly. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that is mostly Hiddleston. I'm not actually sure that's how the screenplay was written. <laughs> to be blunt, to be quite, to be quite blunt and, and frank about it. Yeah, I mean, like you said in the beginning of this episode, Tom Hiddleston is great in everything he does, especially. Or Tom Hiddleston is great as Loki and all his performances. I mean, he's one of the better parts of the the first Thor movie. He's and he's also like the same... he's also the best part in Dark World and Ragnarok. Oh. Well, no, he's not the best part in Ragnarok. Valkyrie is, but he's up there. But it's just it, he <clears throat> he's turning dog crap. He's turning his portion of dog crap into gold. You know what I mean? In my opinion, yeah, that, that's that's very true. Um, this is also the this is also the third appearance of Robert Downey Jr. stashed food in the MCU. The blueberry, Wait, the blueberry, the blueberries he eats in the lab scene. Uh huh. Do you not know this story? Tell it before we have to cut. So he uh he um he hides food on set because he gets really? hungry. And sometimes he'll pull it out mid-scene and improvise. And the entire thing of him eating and handing them to Mark Ruffalo and then asking Blueberries to cap, that's all improvised because he hid food on set. They literally they literally have somebody employed to try and find the stashed food now. That's funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yep. Don't have to worry about that anymore. Spoiler alert. Um, also, the let's not just come in tomorrow. Uh, let's take a day. Uh, have you guys ever tried Sharmer? That entire scene was improvised. That's funny. Because, of course, the one thing I will give this movie credit to, too, is this is the first movie where Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr., like Tony Stark, they're all one person now. Like, he had fully absorbed that personality into himself by this movie. You think? I think so. That's funny. 
Um, this is also a really, really good note, and I think you and I have actually mentioned this movie before, I think during Captain America. Um, so you know the scene where they're eating shawarma? Yeah. And Captain America has his fist over his face. Do you know why? Why? He's actually wearing a prosthetic over the bottom half of his face and is wearing a wig because he had cut his hair and grew a beard out to film Snowpiercer. Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah. There's there's a few things like that. Um, You can also tell what were reshoots and what wasn't. Very easily. Too. That's my pr- that's my little problem with the movie. Like you can tell they added some stuff, um, like Cap driving away on the motorcycle, um, at the end of the movie, um, some of the improv lines by Downey Jr. Um, uh, I think the most uh, obvious one is the "Let's go get shawarma." That was yeah. shot. Um, also, real fun thing about the shawarma scene, po- mid-credit scene at the beginning of the movie, that was filmed, a, I think, a week before the movie came out. So they showed the movie to fans. There was, like, a special screening in L.A., uh-huh. and one of the major complaints the fans had then when they were asking them was, we never saw them go get shawarma. <laughs> That's and funny. so they got, they like, they had all the cast together for the premiere they knew they were all out in L.A. getting ready for it, and they're like, hey, can you guys come in for, like, half a day? That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's little tiny things like that that I think the MCU and Kevin Feige himself understands that the fans want now that they didn't when the Avengers happened. And I think maybe that's why, like, we get better payoffs now. Like, we get the shawarma scene now without, you know, having to reshoot it a week before the movie comes out because they know we want that stuff now and we love that stuff. And if that kind of reaction and this visceral reaction that you had with the Avengers didn't happen, I don't think we are where we are now. But I also think it makes the movie look bad in retrospect. I don't know if I don't like it because I see how much better Avengers movies can be made or if it's because it's actually bad. Yeah. And that's, like, the ultimate thing I've been wrapping my head around with. By the way, I literally watched this movie. This is the most I've watched a movie for this podcast. I have watched it four times. I literally watched it this morning when I woke up before we recorded. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I went through and did individual scenes because I wasn't sure about that, and I hadn't made up my mind until we got out of air, and I'm like, yeah, this is actually a bad movie. This is actually a bad movie. Like, it's good. Like, it's solid. It's fun. It's not good. But... Looking back on it, I think I enjoyed it more because I was seeing my favorite thing come to life for the first time. And now that I've seen it done better, I'm like, yeah, I can actually admit this is not a good movie. And I think, I, I hope this doesn't become a I hope in five years from now when we have the fifth Avengers movie come out, this isn't a hot take anymore. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Or maybe we can agree on something like Age of Ultron. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you got you. You got any other? You got any other thoughts? No, can't wait to watch uh, Iron Man three because it's relatively one of my favorite Iron Mans to watch. It, even though it's not, it's not loved by many. It it's is a good one. I like it. I like. Was it. recently voted top two in the worst two movies of all time in the MCU. I have a feeling I'm going to agree with one. I have a feeling I'm going to disagree with Iron Man three. I do disagree with Iron Man 3. Which, by the way, longest payoff in the MCU. 
It, that is it. They bring the kid back in Endgame. That's right. I remember. We're not gonna yeah. say why. We're not gonna say why. Um, but um, yeah. There's a there's a lot of obviously like the Marvel shows and stuff are delayed now because of the COVID nineteen. And by the way, stay safe out there, everybody. Um, Please. But there's a lot of good stuff coming that was set up and teased, and I I kind of love it. Um, yeah. Oh, what was the other um? Oh man, they tweeted something out about during their Infinity War rewatch, and I can't remember what it was now. I follow them on Twitter, so it's pretty easy to find them. Um, yeah. So they're actually they're actually coming back and doing another MCU movie after saying they weren't. Really? Yeah, we don't know what it is. There's a lot of rumors going around right here. What do you think it is? Um. The rumor, the rumor is they're doing a, uh, they're doing uh, Wolverine, and they're gonna have who play Wolverine? The rumor, and I think we've already talked about it on here. The rumor is, is it Henry Cavill? It, it's the rumor is it's gonna be Henry Cavill. Oh God! But they're gonna have to make it work with DC. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so uh, apparently um, most of Mark's stuff in Endgame was shot with him standing on a box. That's hilarious. <laughs> in a mocap suit. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. There's a, there's a few scenes like that. Um... Oh, I I know what I forgot to talk about. I love this Stanley cameo. This might be this the... might be my favorite. Superheroes in New York. Yeah, I don't believe it. <laughs> I think that's what he says. That's funny. It's so great because it's like, yeah, you created all these superheroes and now you're like, yeah, they don't exist. I'm like, great. Thanks, Dan. I miss him. I miss him. I do. Funny I one. really do. Um, have I told have I told the Stanley story yet? When mm -hmm. I found out he died. So, I was in a Spanish class and we had no we had a rule, no cell phones. Mm -hmm. And I had an alert um on Twitter set up for Stan Lee dead in case it ever happened. And so my phone buzzed and I opened it up and I was like, I looked at Twitter and my teacher was like, you know, no phones. And I'm like, but Stan Lee died. She was just like, oh, really? And we spent like the last 15 minutes of class talking about oh, it. Oh, God, that's funny. Um, which, is, which is great and what you should do. And um, I appreciate all his cameos and that stuff and, um, and what he gave the world. Well, what Jack Kirby gave the world and he put his name on. Uh, <laughs> But um, but um, the the other thing is, I feel like I think we already we talked a little bit out of the scene. I feel like the kicker on this movie is really what launched the post credit scene craze. Like everybody always points to the one in Iron Man, but I think this is the one that did it. Why? Because it's because there's only three lines of dialogue and it set up the next eight years of movies yeah that's pretty nuts even further now because you know the mcu is a thing um yeah this was also the first movie distributed by walt disney pictures as a little interesting note that's pretty cool they paramount actually filmed it paramount paid and filmed for this and uh disney paid 115 million dollars 
plus the production cost for the distribution rights after they acquired Marvel Studios. So we are officially into the Marvel era of movies now, and the next movie will be the first, will be the last one outside of the Kevin Feige era. Is Iron Man 3. Is Iron Man 3. The rest of them will be produced and directed by that, and, um... Oh, man, I can't remember the director's name who did Wonder Woman now. She's amazing. Something, I can't think of her name. She was supposed to do Thor The Dark World. <laughs> oh, wow, really? So, yeah, we'll talk We'll talk about what happened with that with that movie, because that movie was in production hell. That's probably the last time they were actually in production hell with a Marvel movie. Um, outside, until Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but they definitely upgraded. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, any any last comments? No, you guys, thank you for listening. We do this because it's fun, and we do this because we probably say a lot of things that about Marvel movies that people won't want to say because they it's Marvel and they don't want to. They're afraid to admit it, in my opinion. Right. Oh, I do. I do have. I do have one last one last thing because people are mad that they didn't release Black Widow online. There is a reason they did not release it in theaters. <laughs> They're releasing it in theaters, and. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be big. <laughs> they're they're I mean, they're setting up phase they're setting up phase five and six in that movie in phase four. Really? Yeah. So somebody noticed. So they released when they when they delayed the movie two weeks ago before they announced when they were releasing it. Um, they released a bonus extra trailer for the movie, and somebody noticed something interesting in that in that trailer, the new trailer they leaked, released. Because there's something that was censored in a previous version of the trailer that is added in this version, so there's what a scene. There's a scene in both the first, the second trailer and the third trailer where Yelena, who is Black Widow's sister, um, sister in arms from the Widow program, um, is laying yeah. on the medical surgeon's table. And in the first one, there's nothing out of the ordinary on it. In the second one, there's a surgical line around the outline of her face. And you can see the name on one of the medical equipment. This is why I wanted to bring it up because notice it in the next in Iron Man three, on one of the medical devices in the room, it's AIM, which is oh the AIM. company oh AIM yeah. from Iron Man three, and also guess who's in Black Widow? Who Thunderbolt Ross? Oh wow! Who turns him into the Red Hulk? So we'll see Aim. what happens now. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, guess what? And this is something to think about while you're watching Iron Man 3, knowing what we know about Black Widow, which, by the way, Iron Man 3 takes place a year before the Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know how Red Hulk's different than the Green Hulk? He doesn't get. He doesn't change when he gets angry. He changes when he gets hot. And the hotter he gets, the more powerful he becomes. What's oh what God. what does Extremis do in Iron Man three? Oh yeah. Something to right. think about when you watch next week that they may have actually been planting the seeds for the Thunderbolts for a very long time. That's crazy. Which also plays into another rumor we th- heard about phase five. Which They're we'll gonna, talk about next. We'll talk about next week at the end of Iron Man three. Don't want to give up way too much. Don't want to give too much info away. I'll 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 drip it out. But anyway, thanks guys for watching. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next week. Please stay safe. We cannot stress that enough. Watch Iron Man three. We'll see you next oh, week. I'll I'll tweet out a midweek days. reminder. I'm on Twitter at Ryan Jones. He's on Twitter at GoSox underscore. See you then. See ya.